My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is your host, Molly McCartney, and today's theme is embodying your unique energy and intelligence system. We are working and talking with Ebony Allard today. She's a self-proclaimed neurospicy mystic. I love that, that title. <laughs> and self-actualization coach. Um, and also she's the, the host of the Sacrosanct Life podcast. So go check her out. And today we're going to be talking about lots of different things. Um, just been getting to know Ebony before the show, but really embodying your unique energy and intelligence systems. That's something that is a daily practice is something that we do every day, day in and day out, you know, spirituality, awakening, self-actualization. Some, some of us think that it is something that just comes out of the blue, or we have these kind of moments of wow, and, and, and that's how it should be every single day. But it's about using our internal intelligence, our intuition, our faith, and, and kind of learning to work with that flow to build and create a life that we love. So Ebony is all about that. That's what she helps people with, and so do I. So we're going to have a great conversation today about what that means. So welcome, Ebony. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you. I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation. Oh, wonderful. Me too. Well, why don't we start by, um, I'd love to ask you what you mean by neurospicy. I have some ideas, but I love it. <laughs> neurospicy mysticism and self-actualization. What is it that you you do for, for your clients and, and what is your mission in this world and how do you help? Oh, it's really helping people to know themselves, trust themselves and express themselves. Like if I had to boil it down, condense it into the, the most um, simple yet profound elements of what it is that I do, you know, for me, self-actualization is reaching your full potential by accepting and realizing how incredible you are just as you are. And so it's that piece of really getting to know yourself and then trusting that that is enough, that you are enough, that how you come across in the world, that the things that you desire, that the way that you communicate is perfect, just as it is. And then really expressing and sharing from that place for the greater expansion of all of us, because we are uh, relational beings and we are here to learn from one another. Mm -hmm. I love that. You're speaking my language. And, you know, a couple of things came up as you were sharing that and self-actualization. Self I always go back to Maslow, Maslow's hierarchy of needs in yeah. terms of, you know, when when we can get there, because some people are still, I mean, I, I was at certain parts of my life, I could see it in the distance, this, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, I'm going to get there, I'm going to get this kind of awakening moment or this enlightenment. Mm -hmm. um, and this feeling of knowing myself, and I had so much other stuff to deal with. So how, how do you deal with that when you meet someone that's got maybe, um, you know, some, some basic needs that they need to take care of? How do you integrate that 
spiritual awareness and and help them trust themselves all the way through to get to that point where it feels really good finally oh i love this as a question and i love it as a question because we come back to the neuro spicy part so i for the longest time i used to call the people that i worked with misfits and the title of my book is misfit to maven and that came to me in a dream my grandma came and gave me this and it was long before anyone was using the word maven and now i don't have to explain what that is but then you know i really did people didn't get it and i had lots of mentors and coaches who told me that no one would self-identify as a misfit that no one wanted to be a misfit And I've been doing this work and and that book came out in 2014. So for quite a while now. And it was only after coaching mm, hundreds or maybe even thousands of people who started to get adult diagnoses of ADHD or Mm -hmm. autism or many other things whilst working with me that after a little while I was like, huh, I mean, I could possibly be, right? Uh, it just uh, genuinely hadn't occurred to me. And, and for the longest time, I wasn't really interested in a diagnosis, but it has given me an extra language to help people to realize that not all of our brains work in the same way. And so that is part one. And I think that can in itself be a blocker to getting our needs met or to you know meeting some of those more, um, you know, the, the needs on, on the lower rung of Maslow's hierarchy of, of getting a roof over your head, making sure you're, you know, all of those things. And I also believe that we're shifting into a new paradigm and all out of this much more masculine, much more hierarchical, much more, you know, one layer on top of the other framework kind of system into one where time is much more diffuse and we don't necessarily have to have X before we have Y. And so when somebody comes to me and says, well, I can't work on that because I'm not making enough money yet, or like when I'm more educated or when I have this, I'm really an advocate for, yes, you can. <laughs> and that actually doing this work of coming to meet yourself and really understand yourself, trust yourself, express yourself, will compound in such a way that all of those other things will arrive without you having to do much about it or or work anywhere near as hard as you are right now and therefore it's worth doing at the beginning of the journey rather than at the end of a journey this this self-actualization piece. I love that answer. Yeah, you you made me think about um, as a highly sensitive intuitive that I am and high sensation seeking, highly sensitive person. So very confusing (laughs) until I learned the term. And also, you know, I admittedly took some tests online anyway and, and consulted with some colleagues that it's like just a step off of the spectrum, you know, so so to learn that. And I used to say before I knew that it's a special need if you honor that you have special needs when you're a highly sensitive person and also intuitive um highly intuitive it's it's like it's okay to live differently it's okay to make choices differently than everybody else when i tried to live the way that the patriarchal logical kind of world around me was living it didn't work things fell apart it just and i was very unhappy so i think and I see a lot of my clients as well that, that are dealing with that. It sounds like you see that. So I think that's a wonderful message for our audience to, to, to listen to that feeling that maybe I'm a little different than everybody. And I think everybody is a bit unique. And when we start awakening, that's the first thing we say, like, wait a minute, 
this feels like the matrix. Why does it feel like matrix? And I feel like there's this whole world inside of me that maybe doesn't fit. It's because if we are all listening to that, and I'm an idealist, <laughs> uh, if we all listen to that, what a different world it would be. We wouldn't be expecting everyone to behave the same way or to have the same views on what even reality is, as long as we're respectful and and caring of one another. So. So can you share a little bit more about, you know, when people, um, as you're taking them through this healing or uh, transcending these challenges, um, maybe one, if you don't mind sharing one success story that you remember a client going through or one really wow moment of transformation that you, you were even surprised, like how far they went. I have so many. Um, <laughs> I know it's a hard question. <laughs> Like so many just, you know, in my head, it's so funny because when you get asked a question like that, two things happen for me, right? One is I'm not going to think of anyone. And then the other is there are so many, which is so interesting. Um, okay. So I like that. So there are two things that also happen when people come and see me. And quite often, you touched on it there, quite often they're like, I am more unique, more special, more broken. Like what you've done for everybody else is not going to work for me. Um, and that is so common. And I think that that comes from living in a world where you feel like you're the only person who is finding the matrix or, or the way that you are being asked to, to live difficult or uncomfortable. And when people actually come and find me and we start working together, actually what needs to happen is such a subtle shift and we're so used to these big you know life these big stories or these big sensations or this adrenaline fueled life that it can be quite uncomfortable or quite an adjustment to start attuning yourself to the subtle differences and that is part of the work that I do and when we make those really subtle shifts it will be like a five degree um, movement, but sometimes that's all you need to unlock. And I think of it like unlocking a safe, right? And we're, what we're doing is we're listening we're, and we're, we're just turning things gently to get to this place where suddenly it unlocks. And the story that I, or the example that popped into my head was a woman who had been working as an accountant first of all and I get a surprising amount of accountants coming <laughs> to work with me um, who had then retrained as a coach uh, and also I think an NLP practitioner or something like that anyway she then had this kind of awakening experience where she was like I want to write a book and she wrote a book all about um, unleashing or rewilding her inner good girl and then self-published that book. And she learned how to do the whole thing. And then she decided that she wanted to support other women in writing their books in a very unstructured way, in a very wild and raw way that would be very healing for them. And when she came to me, she'd been doing that a little while, but she was so removed from and so resistant and so pushing back against systems and structures and anything patriarchal or capitalistic but wasn't making the money that she wanted to make in her business and everything felt hard and so she was in this difficult place of like I don't want to do it how everyone else is doing it I don't want to go back to where I was I want to go forward but how do I do this in a way that works for me and we started working together and it was six weeks until she had this shift 
and had her first 20k month and then she has six more but it took six more of them for us every single month she was like it's a fluke it's a fluke <laughs> and I remember it being so fondly and so clearly because it was really about finding those systems and those um, repeatable sustainable things that were going to work for her that weren't dictated by some guy you know or some marketing bro or some systems manager but actually were still intuitive and felt really good and really natural for her but were also able to stop her having to repeat the same thing over and over again and were giving her enough variety and enough feminine flow and so yeah for me that's a great example of these really subtle shifts something very small often um amalgamating or blending or synthesizing everything you've already done because the other thing that happens when people come to me is they're like I've done so much work already you know why how is this going to be the one the thing and I'm like well actually we're going to we're going to make sense of everything you've done already and that's really powerful and one of my favorite things to do yeah yeah that makes sense and and i've seen the same and yeah it's so true that this has been coming up a lot and i think we're at that point where everything is starting to find its balance you know there was you know with feminism in the in the 67 well it's probably 70s 80s and then now really talking about the rise of the feminine rise of wisdom and not just trying to be successful in that kind of more masculine world we're realizing, yes, we can we can own that feminine nature and own that wisdom and that intuition, but we still do need the structure, and and we all do. You know, men need it, women need it, um, it people of any gender need it. If you're feminine or masculine leading, doesn't matter. It's it's finding where the balance is inside of you, and I think that is very much a key to the self actualization journey. And and saying, yep, this is this is what I'm made of. This is my recipe, and and figuring out how things work for you within working within that recipe. So I love that example. And I love that you use the word recipe because I use it so often with my clients as well, because it really is, it's that unique blend. It's a, you know, it's the bliss point, you know, that salty and sweet, all of those things, getting the texture just right, however you want it to be, the ingredients are probably going to be the same for everybody, but the, your unique flair and your unique operating system and the thing that feels in alignment for you is really really important and looking outside of yourself to a to a coach to a guru to a mentor to an advisor it is not going to work you know we can bring you the things but the, the thing about your signature sources it's yours you've got to touch it you've got to put your spoon in it and have a go really implement it and embody it for it to become yours you know mm -hmm. amen for sure <laughs> So what brought you to this work? How did you know this was your calling? And, you know, we all have our kind of quote unquote origin story or what, when we knew, you know, like I have, I'm, I'm an artist who then went into the corporate world the whole time I was doing readings and called to this work and finally said yes and took the leap, you know, and it, it was the spiritual development along the way that allowed the, the confidence, you know, and brought the confidence to do that and lead others. So what's your story? How did you come to this work? Um, <laughs> I am one of the very interesting and rare few whose parents were actually like into this stuff in uh, cool. <laughs> and everyone says that right but in 1980 being called Ebony was not cool 
<laughs> and having hippie parents who were into like recycling and yoga and energy work and you know dancing and all of those things was not cool um so I, I grew up with it I had all of that stuff I had my mum had um, done some work with Osho I grew up with these incredible texts and books you know we did Feldenkrais yoga that we were marveling we were using essential oils and like uh, plant essences like all and homeopathy like all of this stuff was just in my world and so I rebelled and went and worked in the tv industry <laughs> <laughs> of course of course <laughs> of course and um you gotta rebel against something <laughs> I mean and, and and also it just wasn't the right time you know it wasn't cool it wasn't interesting it wasn't a zeitgeist and also when you grow up in a house where I went to a Steiner school, like I had a very different education, like everything about my life was not normal. And I really grew up wanting to be normal. I just wanted to fit in. I just wanted to not be noticeable. I wanted TV dinners. I wanted, you know, mainstream school. Like I wanted a normal job. And the most normal way that I could think to still be allowed to use my creativity was the TV industry. And so I ended up working my way up through the art department and got to a place where I was basically in charge of anything that moved. It was a set decorator and working with props and, and, and doing that kind of work. And I loved it and I loved the um, feeling of being a part of a family and creating something really beautiful and magical. And the higher and further into that industry you get, the less creativity is involved, the more it's all about money and actually these two parts of myself which the language I now have for are kind of the ADHD part and the autistic part but at the time I just thought of myself as highly sensitive found being on set and around lots of people both extremely um great in terms of dopamine hits but also incredibly stressful and would end up in burnouts and so I would have these kind of bouts where I would work solid for six months and I actually ended up using a lot of cocaine to regulate and to focus and all of the reasons that people use uh, that, that are linked to ADHD medication these days I was kind of self-medicating back then to be able to focus to stay on point and then I would have a gap and I would go to Thailand and fast for 14 days and sit in silence and green juice and drink coconut water and have this whole other side of me yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I did that for a while and then 2008 2009 there was the the recession hit the world globally and there was a, a big kind of break in what was available in the tv industry and it presented itself with uh, an opportunity for me um, lots of things happened at once kind of a perfect storm I ended up homeless in a lot of debt with nothing to lose because when you're living out of the car and off your friends sofas and you're in a huge amount of debt you have two choices you can either make that your identity and stay there or you can be like from this place you know for me that I kind of made it my solid foundation right I have nothing to lose from here I'm going to give it everything I've got and see what happens and so within three years I built my first company I had 17 freelancers working for me I was one of the first virtual assistant personal assistant businesses in the world and from the outside everything looked great and I'd built this business that looked wonderful we were winning awards we had you know all these people all this stuff going on lots of press was being given 
like hotel rooms to stay in and events to go to and all of this. And on the inside of the business, I had no idea what I was doing. Everyone wanted me. I was absolutely miserable. There were no systems. I wasn't paying myself, like all of the things that you could think of. And in the end, I kind of hit this breakdown, burnout place, moved to Bali, bought one more ticket to Bali and got off the plane. It's just like, I just need some space. I need to, I need to figure out who I am. And within six weeks, I'd met six entrepreneurs that I was working for and creating wealth for and running their lives. And again, and I was like, ah, oh, I'm in heaven and I'm miserable because I've just like, I'm still here. I've created my reality with not on purpose all over again. And so seeing that, like being out of my environment, but having recreated my life. Wherever really, we go, there we are, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I kind of had this moment of like, oh, <laughs> I'm the problem it's me yes like that that kind of thing and so that was 20 December 2011 and I came back to um January 2020 2012 and and made the decision to to retrain as a coach to step into this world to to figure out who I was and to learn to like what I found found and to kind of go through like all the stuff I'd learned from my dad, and all of these other entrepreneurs that I'd worked for, all of these people and go through it all and kind of discern the truths and the lies. And, and like I said, figure out who I was and, or change until I did. Um, and that is what I did. And that is where my book came from and, and my first signature program came from and all of those things. So I've been doing this now since 2012 and have deepened and deepened and, and found and met myself and died and been reborn you know all of the stuff that happens as you go deeper and keep meeting yourself again and again and again and have added in astrology and human design and you know all sorts of stuff because like, it fascinates me and I love to understand people more and more um but yeah that's that's kind of how I ended up here it's awesome. Yeah. What a journey. And and then, of course, when you go through all of that and you find the success in trusting your inner self and really aligning to it, if I mean, obviously, you're a lot like me, I want to I want to show that for others, I want to help them do it, too, because I know how beautiful that is. To, when we start awakening to that power within and trusting our intuition and having faith in something greater than ourselves to, to lead that. So you mentioned that um, your greatest successes have been that very thing, trusting your intuition and faith to transcend failures, betrayals, and some were fairly recent. Do you mind sharing about how you got through um, something that happened recently to you that kind of knocked down the card, you know, the house of cards again, and you've been kind of rebuilding since then? Yeah, um, I'm going to go with a with a kind of impersonal version, but because it's not fully my story to share. Of course, of course, yeah. But um, during the the pandemic in, in 10, 2020, the world changed for a lot of us, and we all uh, reached in the different directions to try and create something that we thought would work for us. And for me, that looked like bringing in three of my best friends who had all previously been clients or done some of my work and had changed their lives and were really really interested in coming and being becoming part of the, the this company this system that I had created and the company had this signature program we had um, lots of clients we were well established we had great things going for us but people were really used to me running it and me being the face of it and expecting to get me and so for a little while 
I worked very hard at selling these friends that weren't strangers because they'd been in all the communities and they'd been around and they'd been consultants, but in as, as directors of the company. And they came in as, as exactly that. And the idea was that I would get to do a quarter of the work that I had been doing. And, you know, we would all kind of come in together and make a more spacious, more sustainable business. And in order to do that, they wanted some time in the business without me which I could really understand and I was exhausted and whereas for most people when the um, pandemic happened a lot of people didn't work in in our area of work I was working I don't know about you but I was working more you know people yeah, coaches really were working more for sure because people were looking for that support yeah I was surprised <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden people had less money they were freaking out their nervous systems were all over the place and they wanted more of us right so we we had been doing that for a while and about a year into that experience you know I made them directors of my company we took the plunge and they requested me to take a sabbatical and I had never had up and running companies and stuff and working for myself one way or the other since I was about 14, 15 and I was ready for a break. And so I took a, a five, maybe I think it was six weeks of me and six weeks off. And when I came back, it had not worked. That's what I'm going to say. There were no new sales. Um, things were falling apart. The money had that had been in the business was gone um, and, it, and it wasn't going to work. And the first one said, you know, this isn't really working out for me and decided to leave. And then the next one said, well, if they're going, then I'm going. And then the next one said, that's so why I was left with this business that had I had radically changed to include these other people. And now no resources and no people. And I made the decision to cut our losses as quickly as we could and to make the business insolvent and to, and to close it down, which was a very, very difficult thing to do. I've been running this business since 2012, since 2014. And so it was very, very difficult for me to do. And in that process, I lost those friendships. And so I lost my business and my friendships within you know, a week and, and haven't really spoken to them since. And some of the clients were good about it and some were less, um, it was a less easy process and a less easy thing to transition. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot to do in the closing business, not just in the practical, pragmatic sense, but there's also a lot of healing and a lot of processing that needs to happen. Oh, I'd imagine, yeah. So that was, um, it'll be two years in June. And so since then, I have, you know, licked my wounds a little, figured out who I am now, lent into the real belief that everything is, everything happens to show us or teach us something, that we have a choice, that, that even when you know, bad stuff happens. It's not because anyone deserved it. I don't really ascribe to that. I don't think that the universe is testing us. I think it's pretty benign. And I, but I do believe we always have a, a choice to how we respond and what we do with the circumstances. And for me, the, the response that I wanted to have was how to navigate this 
with grace, with my values intact, and to use it as an evolution and, and see it as a clean slate and be like, okay, what from the past or what that I have already done or know or I'm sure of do I want to bring forward? And how do I want to use this opportunity to reinvent or to reveal a different part of myself? So yeah, that's a little bit of, of the story. Yeah, that's a that's a big change. It's like it, it is um, a tower moment. If we're talking in tarot terms, <laughs> uh, you know, everything comes crashing down and changing. And there is always a higher reason for those things. And uh, it sounds like you're doing the work to notice that as 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 you would with with the things you do and in in what you know. Um, and I, I drew a few cards just to help out with the situation, if you don't mind me sharing. No, you're very welcome. It's funny, I describe it exactly as that. It was my tower card moment. And sometimes, even though it feels horrible, it's easier for the universe to do it for you. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. It's like, okay, well, here we go. It, it, I think it's interesting when you go through something like that, that's so devastating. It does leave you without the choice. Like, okay, well, I've got to deal with this. And and well, like you mentioned, when you're much younger on the couch with the dead, it's like, well, I've got two options, either I wallow in this or I make something of it. So, um, and I and I feel that it, it probably refined you each time something like this has occurred. It's like, it just refines not only um, who you know yourself to be uh, as, as a human, but who you know yourself to be as a spiritual being. So I do get the, um, my card for, for the ego is reversed in, in the first position. So it feels like it's definitely a redefinition of your ego and your confidence, confidence in yourself um, and, and kind of a resealing of your, um, your purpose here and what you came to do here and what you're instilled with um, as, a, as a being um, kind of visiting this planet, so to speak. Um, you're coming out of a time of kind of working to find more balance. So again, that pendulum swing between the kind of wild nature and the very disciplined business nature, um, that's that feels like a big part of this purpose. When it came down, I imagine that's something that's big on your mind right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I do see that your spiritual maturity is something that you're stepping into next. And what that means for you is something that you're distilling through all of this now and say, you know, kind of as you move into your crone years a bit later, it's going to be you're coming down with this really heavy wisdom that is from full life experience. So have you been considering how that's going to change how you teach or how you show up for people? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And all of that is so accurate. And it's absolutely um calling it like I'm coming to this place where it's so much less about me mm -hmm. like it's not I have nothing to prove I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be the teacher right like there's this um I actually get to enjoy my life a lot more and that this uh, this pendulum swing for me the 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 all or nothing nature the the discipline or the wild child it is the theme of this life for me. <laughs> and it's not going anywhere. Like it, refinement, this alchemy, this self-alchemy is a part of my life. And that is one of the biggest themes. So yes, spot on with that. Makes sense. Well, I can definitely see your higher self is touching down. I've got your biggest challenge right now is, is simply to stay grounded as you're receiving new downloads, new instructions. It's like, okay, I'm the phoenix that sometimes burns and then I rise again. Let's see how this rise is going to happen because with everyone, you show the world an example of what that can be like instead of 
you know, like you said, well, you got to lick your wounds a little bit, but sitting back and licking the wounds for the rest of your life. And some people do do choose that and they come back in another life and the same things start to happen. So it's always about awakening, self-actualizing, seeing what is this really teaching me and how can I be a deeper, more wise soul because of this? And you are doing, speaking of soul, soul retrieval in all of this, um, the visions that you have for your life um, need to include the way that you're going to pull your power in fully and completely. Um, so that when you are on your deathbed, so to speak, I talk about deathbed, um, you know, imagining yourself on your deathbed, looking back on how, on the choices that you've made in your life and making sure that you're deciding on these kind of big directions with that in mind, because mm -hmm. when you look back with that perspective and you will be changing a few different times before that occurs, uh, as your identity shifts and you go through the snake, you know, shedding its skin phase and, and kind of finding a new perspective, um, you'll change the story about how all of this um, felt and how all of this defined you and, and, and how you chose to define yourself because of it. And it's really about noticing now what you really need, what is really necessary and not worrying about the big, big picture because it, it did, I get the beauty way card at the very end. And to me, the beauty way is all about kind of that happy monk feeling or that Dalai Lama type attitude, like you could have nothing and be happy under the under the Bodhi tree. You could have a gajillion dollars and be happy under the Bodhi tree. It doesn't matter. Like it, it just is what it is. So finding that baseline of your happiness is a big part of this. So not that you won't still be successful, but you won't need it as much. So spot on. And that's part of moving to the beach in Spain and living this life for me. You know, there's it's much less um, status driven much more proving you know i am the person that you should be working for because i have book deals and money in the bank i i'm way less attached to any of those things i'm really really enjoying having yeah my happy monk moment and just being in in reverence and awe of how good it gets to be that's right it's all how we look at it, right? <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your light today. This has been a lovely connection and a lovely conversation. It really has. Thank you. You're so welcome. <laughs> so where can people find you online? Where's your favorite place to send them if they want to learn more about you and what to do? Um, if they want to have a proper nosy around, then go to ebonyallard.com. And if you want to just come and engage, see what my life looks like. Um, I am on Instagram every day. I'm a big fan of stories. I share a little, I post at least once. And it's a really great place to come and hang out. And I welcome you in my DMs. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, thank you for that. And I hope to talk to you again sometime. I would love that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And uh, thanks, guys, for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, if you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to EmpoweredWisdomShow.com. Three, listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. 
At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.